Hello and welcome to another episode of the Towards Vivencia podcast in this second season, Bridging the Gap. In this second season, we are bridging the gap between some of the top dance companies in the whole world and our community. Towards Vivencia will be collaborating with dancers who are or have been working with the greatest choreographers and companies of the 20th and 21st century. These incredible artists bring these incredible works and performances to life, and they have generously offered to share how they train in order to do so. Their personal approaches to the company's technical style, cross-training for both body and mind, and staying creatively inspired. All this and more will provide a unique insight into how these dancers work, how they work within these companies, and how they bridge the gap between their previous training and what is required to work with those companies. So with us today, we have Lali Aiwade, who's going to be talking about how she's going to help us to bridge that gap. Very happy to have you here. Thank you for taking the time for chatting with us, to chatting with us. It's a pleasure. <laughs> so Lali, uh, I know Lali from many, many years ago. We've been, but we always... Um, seen each other very briefly in between performances so when she was teaching at seats and i was teaching at seats for a day or two it's been very briefly but i'm really really happy that this is the second or the third time that we are already collaborating with towards juventia so uh here's the first question lali so in this new edition of towards juventia this winter time we are gonna call it bridging the gap because uh, this is a little bit what Towards Juventia is trying to do, bridge the gap geographically, you know, like uh, people who didn't have access to people like you because they live in Africa, in Peru or in the north of Europe and you don't travel that much there. But there is also another gap that sometimes is more tangible but uh, a bit more invisible, which is the gap in between the freelancers and the company dancers, uh, the gap in between dancers and institutions. So my first question is are you have you experienced that uh, gap as well or how you are experiencing that gap or do you see that gap at all well me bef um, before i was um, in like in companies in england actually in akram and hofish and of course there it's like a regular training which you know like you have a contract for a long time and when you do your own work uh, for me what's very important is that you have to keep going with your body and you have to keep training with your body even if of course there is this gap but this gap is not there if you you are responsible for yourself you see what i mean so you train yourself and you yeah you are curious about things i think a very important thing is to be curious about things into really for going into studio and experimenting there and this is this ties really well with uh, what i was going to ask about this training for yourself i remember that i called you today in the morning just to talk about a couple of things uh, practical things about schedule for your classes next week with us and then you were saying oh i'm working a little bit by myself i'm rehearsing by myself so can you talk us a little bit about how you rehearse and train by yourself and why do you think it's so important or if it's important to keep training in this moment in time that it's everything is so uncertain and we don't really know if we're going to go back to perform, when are we going to go back to perform, what are the auditions that are going to happen. So what is the regular training that you're having for yourself and why it is important to keep training in these uncertain times? 
Um, for me, it's very important to keep training and to train every day. Like now for in Christmas, I had like a little, little gap there. But uh, even even there that I went to the mountains, I kept training a little bit. But uh, for me, it's very important because the body needs that, needs a regular training for me. So, so that your body is used to things, it's getting strong, it's getting... Uh, flexible and me I, I I start with yoga actually I every day I do one hour yoga and then I I like to also train now a little bit of force and stamina so it's very different so in the beginning I focus very much in training you know like in flexibility first and then training the body and then I go more into creativity and and um coordination and and playing with details that is a lot what I actually teach in my class and yeah but I I like to combine the three of them all the time for my training so if I got it right uh, you your individual training would be one hour yoga then a few drills of strength stamina by yourself and then a bit of uh, more improv or creative task am I correct so how long it takes you all that together? Me, I like to train a lot, but sometimes I cannot. So uh, yoga for sure is one hour. And then I do stamina is getting shorter because very fast I'm very tired. <laughs> but it's getting shorter. So it's not one hour. And then the improvisation there, I can go I can go forever. I can go three hours. I can go four hours. I can go two hours. It depends on the day. So I have two questions, but the very first one is, don't you get bored? No, I don't because this is what I was saying about curiosity. Because I, I'm very much, I think I'm very much of an analytical person in terms of I read bodies. And, you know, like I watch somebody move and I like the way... Uh, this person move and then I try to analyze what he or she is doing to be able to do that and then I train or you know like I I give my myself every day a task which can be new that it it keeps me going so that it's not all the time the same hmm. uh, I think it's fantastic that idea of curiosity and it's something that I totally agree that we talk a lot about uh, performance presence and one of the key components is to keep curious of what you're saying or what you're doing and I'm really really excited to have Ian Garside from DB8 in a, in a few weeks time and he's going to be talking about that rigor and that curiosity of keep repeating the same material over and over but also finding new things which is tiny bit different than yours because the curiosity is about that creative and giving you task so can you tell us and can you uh, can we pick a little bit more into your training can you share with us a couple of the latest tasks that you gave yourself um i have different <laughs> i i do a lot I, I also repeat things eh? as i have new i also repeat a lot of things like um, i have very very simple tasks which allows me to to actually move in a way that is quite free, but it's very specific what I'm doing. For instance, like moving the shoulders, how the movement is everything through the shoulders or moving the head or or moving the hands and how you move. And so I, I go like, for instance, like that, I just move the head, I just move the, and then I move everything, but with stops and I keep adding things, you see? 
as I, as I do things, I keep adding things because I feel, oh, wow, that's good. That sometimes things happen and then you, you say, okay, I'm going to keep that. And then you, it's like a game, you know, that you keep adding things. And then lately I've been also experimenting a lot in how I'm attached to the floor and how I use this to provoke different qualities, for instance, into the body. Mm. Fantastic. And from those uh, tasks that you gave yourself and, and your research, the things that you are interested in at the moment, what are the things that you are going to bring to Towards Vivencia classes next week, just for the people who are thinking to, to join us? What, what are they what they can expect from those classes? Um, I want them to be very, very conscious. That's very important in my class. Be very conscious of the whole body. And that's why I like to start with very simple tasks, like moving a part of your body. So which kind of range has the movement in the hand, you know, and just the hand and you just experiment with the hand and then the head and then the shoulder and then things that I do in actually in the studio and then you put it into the full body. But because you started part by part, you get very conscious of the body. And this for me is very important because if you have um, the consciousness of the totality of your body, you can isolate things very much or you can go fully, but you, your body is available because you know where every single part of your body, you know where is it, where it is. Yeah. So that's for sure one part that, that I want to play with. And I'm very interested in rhythm as well for in, uh, so how this simplicity, if you put rhythm into it, rhythm meaning how you play with the time, it can be very, it, it can be incredible. So that the phrase, sometimes you have a phrase that is really simple, but you watch it and you go, wow. But actually when you teach it, it's like, oh, really? It's like, it's like that. And it's just because the rhythm is really interesting. And it's true, right? That by teaching something, you became much more not only curious about it, but you perfect it because when you need to tell it to someone else, you start finding more and more things. And when I started teaching uh, at the place as a full-time teacher many, many years ago, I realized that somehow I became a better dancer because I became much clearer. Or in English, uh, you say, became much more articulated. My, my, my movements were much more precise because of the way that I had to express it. And also because it gave me the possibility to direct a big number of, of people. Therefore, that increases my uh, directing skills when I had to choreograph. So I was wondering how your teaching experience is informing your choreographing and your performing experience. I think it, for me, this is one of the things that I like the most when you teach something and you, you get better in what you do because you read into a lot of bodies, you have to tell it to a lot of bodies, the idea you have in the head. And sometimes the person that is actually doing it is doing it in a different way, but is doing, is doing it right. So it's, you know, this thing of analyzing that I say, I like to analyze bodies. And they help me a lot, actually, is what you say. They give you a lot. First, you have to articulate it really good. Sometimes they don't understand and you have to choose the words so that they understand it. And you have to analyze why 
is not happening if it's not happening. And this really, and you have to show it not only in the, because I not only show it in, in the telling, in the words, I show it in my body. So you have to really, what you say, it has to translate in your body. So definitely it helps you a lot, a lot. You are much more clear in your body. Definitely. And that ties uh, really nicely with something that you said before about uh, you have the consciousness of the totality of your body and that makes it much more available. Uh, I don't know. I just, from my experience, I just read into it very clearly into that peak performance state of mind, you know, when you are super conscious, super aware of what's happening. But that's the way that we explain it from the Tuvo Juventia perspective. But could you dive a little bit more about that sensation from you as a performer or as a teacher when you are dancing when you are performing when you are directing that you are fully conscious of what's happening how how do you define those moments or how you explain those moments uh, verbally when everything flows when you are just dance itself that you know like I think you cannot really describe it because for me, when that happens, because what you are talking about is not only the consciousness of the body, it's because I think what you say is when everything flows, meaning rhythm flows as well and everything is there. Like you have no doubt that this is good and you feel it good. And in these moments, I think they are magic moments and they are uncontrollable moments because sometimes you go into the stage and you are like, what, today I'm going to rock it? And suddenly something happened in your mind, just like because everything is connected with your mind and it doesn't happen. And sometimes, I don't know, you come there and it happens. And, and I think it, it has to do when the body, this consciousness that I was telling about that, of course, is very important, and the mind are very connected. It's both of them because I think you need a kind of silence as a performer to feel that. When you feel silence, which is for me the most difficult thing to feel, like this kind of silence that allows everything to happen. You know, everything can happen because you don't hear any sound, extra sound that disturbs you. It's just silence so you can go. And when this happens, and then it's magic. But for me, these moments are uncontrollable. Mm. I never know when they are going to be there. Well, this is something that um, I can relate to. And at least the last 20 years of my life has been trying to pin down and maybe not control them, but somehow train them, you know, train the nervous system to find that silence in a reliable way, which is something that for us is working really well um, in the Tobos Juventia realm that's, that we are trying to train that consciousness of the performer to make those moments more maybe not contra uh, controllable, but more reliable. That's something that you can tap almost when you want, which is fantastic. So really looking forward to have you with us next week and really looking forward to see how that translates in the two hours classes that you will be with us. Can you tell us a little bit more just to close? I have two questions. Uh, the first one is uh, just to tell us a little bit what you are up to, what, what's happening for you the next uh, three months, six months, uh, just for us to be able to follow, to, to keep an eye on yeah. where you are. So, well, me, uh, during COVID time, I was making a creation. I was doing a trilogy and I was doing the last part of the trilogy, which was supposed to perform with, present, uh, with people 
but in the end, we did it online. It could not be with people in the theater. So next, this year, <laughs> in March, we are going to present this piece in the National Theater of Barcelona. And I hope it's going to happen. So I'm busy with this production, which is called Hidden. And then I'm busy, like, um, the seventh, I start filming a short film uh, with Akira Yoshida about the duet that we did. And we wanted to make it in a really film way. So we are going to do that. I'm, I'm doing very different things because I, I have different pieces, so... Some pieces are running, some, some things were cancelled, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah, performing and teaching and I'm going to make a, a choreography for the National Company of Korea as well in May, uh, June, and then I'm going to do an opera in Lyon. So different things. <laughs> Freelance. Freelancers, juggling always uh, everything. Um, please send my love to Akira. I remember him when he was a student at, at SIT, uh, when I met him, an incredible performer back then. So I'm looking forward to see him. And hopefully I can see you guys in the Teatro de Catalunya, the National Theatre. It's a beautiful space as well. But for the people who are listening to us, what is the best way to follow you? Meaning that it's, uh, the best way is uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you have a newsletter that people can follow you. What is the best way to, to follow you? The best way is uh, both uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook and uh, Facebook of the company, which is different. We will put the link in the, in the resources. Fantastic. So here's the last question that I would like to close this. If you have to ask something to Santa Claus, Santa Claus is already gone, so let's talk about the three kings, uh, three uh, wise men who are coming here in Spain the, the 5th and the 6th of January. What would you ask them for the dance post-COVID? What would be your desire and your wish for the time when things don't go back to normal because normal we don't know what it is anymore, but is post-COVID? Um, me, I'm suffering a little bit, not a little bit, quite a lot, because theatres are closed. And I would ask to open theatres so that they allowed us to perform. And because it, I think they are quite, you know, the restrictions are there and, you know, like you can go to the theater and you go with a mask and it's not like you don't have the person next to you. It's it's after one seat. So I think I would ask one of the main things I would ask to open the theaters. Yeah, we will uh, keep meditating, praying and sending our thoughts for that to happen very, very soon. Uh, Lali, thank you so much for this uh, quick uh, podcast uh, chat. I really, really enjoyed it and I was really happy to get to know a tiny bit more about your practice, about you and about what you are up to. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you.